It's Friday on Peacock and Williamson. You know what that means. We are getting ready for the Sunday games, prime timers on Sunday night football and Monday night. We've got suspensions now being doled out by the league for fake vax cards to Tampa Bay Bucks. Will not be around for the next three weeks. Seahawks sign a Hall of Fame running back. How will that affect the upcoming game against the San Francisco 49ers? Matt and I make our picks. All that and more coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock at B Peacock on Twitter, football analyst. You may have read some of my fantasy blurbs back in the day, a little work at TFF, traffic reporter on the radio, but it's the football thing. It is the football thing, and it's been a football thing for a long time for my co-host Matt Williamson, ESPN, former NFL scout with the Browns and Akron and Pitt. And Matt, I got to say, something dawned on me when I was thinking about you know reintroducing ourselves. Sometimes I forget that not everybody's a listener every single day, although judging by some of those Spotify wrapped we saw, like there's a lot of people that know us very well, Matt, better than I even realized. One listener said on Twitter that they had probably heard our voices more than any voices throughout the entire year, which is kind of frightening. How about that? It's kind of crazy, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you think about it in that light, and you're like, wow, uh, that's pretty bonkers. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I guess I've heard some voices many hundred, maybe not a hundred hours, but many, many hours over the course of the year, but I hadn't thought about it in that context. You get like, you absolutely know these people, and I, I think it's an honor. Oh, absolutely it is. And I was thinking it's so back in the day, let's say someone's reading a, a Matt Williamson column at ESPN and on the side, yeah. you know how there's sometimes fantasy football, fantasy baseball news and it shows up on the sidebar. I wonder if back in the day there might have been a page on ESPN.com where it was your article written by Matt Williamson and it had uh, a blurb from Brian Peacock on the side because uh, RotoWire that I used to do blurbs for was like CBS Sports and, and ESPN Fantasy used our blurbs and our fantasy information. That would be interesting if there was a time that we were on the same page at ESPN.com together long before we were doing this podcast. Yeah, I bet it probably happened. I mean, I was there 10 years and pumped out in you know thousands of articles over that stretch and there had to be some sort of overlap. What I find funny is some prominent people in the business have, have come up to me, I don't know, last five years or whatever, back when I was at the back when the combine was a thing. Oh, I, when I was a little kid, I remember listening to you at ESPN, and you're one of the reasons I've done this. I'm like, man, I'm old. I mean, that's all I think about. Like, I'm looking at the person that's on yeah. TV every day. I'm like, when you were a little kid, <laughs> holy cow, yeah. uh, I'm that old. And it, yeah, it is crazy to think someone who was, you know, young in the business and 23 years old, 10 years ago, they were 13. They were a kid, you know, weren't even in high school yet. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, some prominent names that you see all the time. Have mm-hmm. been like, oh, I remember your ESPN podcast. That's the first time I started listening to anything NFL. And, you know, you're one of the reasons I've done this. I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's awesome. Are you pumped for like the Senior Bowl and, and the Combine and stuff this year? If it happens? I'm super pumped for the Combine. I really enjoy that week because... You see so many people, friends in the business, people that you, you know, talk to on Twitter all the time, but don't meet, you know, I, I, I've often referenced that, you know, Locked On Dynasty th- that I do with Ryan McDowell, that used to be Dynasty Blueprint. And we've been doing that podcast for almost 10 years now. And the last time there was a combine was the first time Ryan and I ever shook hands, you know, like you and I have never done that, you know, I mean, it's, just, <laughs> yeah, it is I, I don't know if you'll be at the combine or not, but it's a lot of instances like that where 
you walk past someone in, you know, at, at a bar or on one of the hallways or in the convention center. I'm like, oh, Evan, how you doing? You know, you're going to get a drink later. And then you go have a beer with Evan Silva or whoever. You know, I mean, just that kind of stuff all the time. And I, I really enjoy that. I've still never been to either the Senior Bowl or the Combine. And every year I tell myself I'm going to go. And there's reasons that I can't go. January is always a rough month for me for the Senior Bowl. It's my birthday. And this now I'm going to be moving. So it's going to be tough in January for me. But February is a lot better on my schedule, I think. And I'll be moved and in a new spot. And uh, maybe the Combine is the time this year to finally do it. And I don't know how the protocols are going to be and what it's going to be like. And right, if you right. can actually even have face-to-faces, which will be most of the fun, you know, a lot of the fun of it. But, um, you know, and, and rubbing elbows with folks at the at a certain steakhouse in Indy, you know, those types oh, of yeah. things. But, um, yeah, I got I got to get to some of those events and I got to hang out with Williamson in person, do an in-person podcast. That would be fun. Oh, absolutely. And Senior Bowl is one I miss. Like if I had to pick between the two, it would definitely be the Combine. I haven't been to the Senior Bowl in a long time, but I used to go every year. Well, I obviously went with the Browns and then for a good five years or so kind of like when Todd McShay was getting making a name for himself, uh, we would all go down and I'd be one of his sidekicks and I'd watch the running backs and linebackers one day and the O-line, D-line the next day, you know, for ESPN. And I haven't been back since. And that's a good environment too. I've mentioned this before on this podcast that my Steeler co-host and I, Dale Lawley, are pushing the Steelers radio network to send us down because they need a quarterback and all the quarterbacks in the world are going to be seatable this year. So it's really good for that, that angle too. Yeah, that will be a lot of fun. And hopefully everybody shows up, you know, like the Malik Willis is of the world. That's the guy I'm really excited to see senior bowl week. And uh, sometimes there's players who accept an invite and they don't play and they don't practice. And that's always a bummer. Maybe they just try to go for the interviews and stuff like that. I want to see those guys practicing every day and see those reps. And uh, there's there, especially with the quarterbacks this year that is so up in the air, there's a lot to be gained from the postseason process. Oh, yeah. Will is a perfect example, but one of these quarterbacks is going to gain a lot more steam mm-hmm. after football is being done played for the year. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We, we got to get to these football games here. Let's start with what we saw from Thursday night. Oh, side football. Note, I apologize. Oh, yeah, sure. My, my mother-in-law is coming in tomorrow for a night or two, which she's a wonderful lady. There's nothing to do with it, but <laughs> that frees up M-Dub to watch more college football oh. because those guys will be off doing their thing. Nobody even knows I exist when he's he- she's here. So I'm excited to dig into conference championship games. Yes. And it starts to get a lot more exciting this time of year. And then there, now there's a lot of film that's collected. So you can go spend right. a few hours and I'm not just channel surfing, hoping to see maybe one prospect and not really knowing who I'm looking at. Now there's been a funnel a little bit. So I can start to attack some of these things. If I am starting to look at college football and you start to get pumped because you see who's, who's good, who's had a good season and you can um, look at the, the conversation conference championship games and you can the random bowl games yeah and, and you, you know start, right you start to see where teams are going to be drafting in the nfl draft you start seeing draft orders and that gets me excited and then you, you know that that does absolutely start to ramp up in december it, it, it's it's like deep down inside me it's really hard and it's actually hard for me not because i don't care i don't root for any college football teams it's hard for me not to watch college football from a nfl draft perspective all season me long too. but it's like my only day off so i haven't been able to do it a lot recently but there it's like it pulls me and so now you start to have more of an opportunity to do that work at other times it's not on a saturday late at night when the family's sleeping and stuff and start putting in that work so uh, i can't wait to dive into this nfl draft class yeah 100 percent. and part of it is i'm not used to being in this position but i'm fearing that my favorite team as is the case for a lot of you listeners 
it's starting to be draft mode. You know what I mean? <laughs> like right. It's starting it gets, to be the point it, of the NFL season where I should probably start thinking about offseason plans here pretty soon for this team. And I think that's a perfect segue. It's that time for the New that? Orleans Saints, right? And they might also be looking for a quarterback. They fall to 5-7 and seven here. Uh, Taysom Hill, turns out, not the answer. Four interceptions in this game against the Dallas Cowboys, who win this one 27-17. Dallas improves to 8-4 and four on the season. Yeah, and... In a way, I was impressed with Hill, and in a way, I felt bad for him because, you know, it's kind of a last-ditch effort to save this, fa- you know, failing, beat-up offense. And he ran well. You uh, mentioned he had four picks, and they still were kind of in this game, despite that. But he also smashed his finger off a, a defensive lineman pretty early in the game and clearly was fighting through that as if he didn't have enough rough water to swim upstream against to begin right. with, you know? So, <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, the toughness, I can see why coaches love them, you know, and they just are so short on weapons, but I thought the Saints D really put an admirable effort in, did a great job of shutting down Dallas's run game with the exception really of a, a long Tony Pollard uh, run off the edge and CD lamb had 33 yards on one carry too, but the Saints were really hard to play against defensively. Uh, they just have, you know, they're so one-sided, the Saints, right now. Right. And, and Dallas is a good team. Yeah, and it kind of it, it goes – it went exactly as we said it would go when we were previewing yeah. this game. And it's just too – it's too much of an uphill climb for the Saints right now. And and you can see the athleticism and the running ability from Hill. 11 carries, 101 yards. But he, he's, he doesn't have it as a, as a passer. It's just a full-time, no. he's your number one quarterback. It, it's just not the right thing. So his role has been the right role all this time. Um and there's they're just missing too much there in a valiant effort, but that that's what's difficult for the Saints team right now because they still have a lot of talent and they're well coached offense and defensive side of the ball, but their their best chance is oh hey good effort guys, but you lost by ten still you know that's the best they could do. Yeah, that's the best they could do. And um, Dallas were pretty much in control for the majority of the game. They were clearly the better and without question more talented football team and that's where the Saints are at and at five and seven even with the NFC being a disaster for playoff spots I don't think the Saints are a playoff contender at all it's time to worry about the offseason yep I agree with you there and the Cowboys just continue to put themselves in such a better spot and, and walk right into those playoffs in the NFC East so for the Cowboys just get healthy and, and get ready for the tournament yeah, and and uh, this bothers me a little bit because it's happened to Dallas a few times, but they didn't have a short week on the road. I mean, they got a full week from Thanksgiving to here, and now they get a nice long week, almost like a mini buy. So the schedule was kind of favorable for them with that. They didn't have the, the tough spot there. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't love that. I don't either. like that for the Cowboys. How'd they work that out? Right, that right. seems like cheating. Jerry. Jerry did something. <laughs> Jerry's uh, workings behind the scenes, behind the curtain there. <laughs> uh, all right, good stuff. Uh, let's get to the rest of these games, the afternoon and evening football games from or for week 13. Preview and picks next. You might listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You might switch to our friends at Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost You get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for only $30 a month per line so your family can share all the insights and the power 
of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. I don't think I'm even on the speed of 5G right now. Maybe it's time to switch to Boost Mobile and find out what that's all about. With all the money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, low in sugar, low net carbs and low fat, but high in protein so you stay satisfied and you get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, all the original flavors. You know if you listen to this podcast, all the delicious original flavors, but they've got new flavors coming for the holidays all the time. How about this? Try this one. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein also a lemon cheesecake flavor if you don't want the chocolate covered variety so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 you will get 15 percent off your order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com quick story we haven't covered yet which uh does affect those buccaneers and falcons from yesterday i wanted to mention it yesterday but antonio brown and mike edwards for the Buccaneers have each been suspended without pay for the next three games for misrepresenting their vaccination status and basically coming up with fake vaccina- vaccination cards, which is a felony, by the way. Uh, they have accepted the discipline and waived their right of appeal. But this is just the, the lightest slap on the wrist for Antonio Brown, and maybe there's something else to come from this because it is a felony to fake that kind of a thing. Um, he was going to be out with an ankle injury, so maybe he misses an extra game or maybe even two games that he's going to be banged up for and comes back healthy for the playoffs. So this really is is not much of a punishment at all for Antonio Brown. No, right, right. right. Um, Edwards is actually a promising young player, but everyone's going to focus on AB, of course, because mm-hmm. of his storied past. And he's been a really good player. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I've been hanging him onto him on my fantasy team thinking I might need him in the, the playoff run. He's, it just keeps coming. They didn't put him on IR every week. It just keeps coming out. Oh, he's not coming back this week. Not coming back this week. And then earlier this week, they said, well, he's going to miss the next two for sure. And then yesterday, well, he's going to miss the next three with suspension. Well, I mean, really, you're not hurting him or the team all that bad. And I know the NFL can't do anything about this, but it's always kind of, I've always found it always found it peculiar when a suspension and an injury happen to coincide. You know, like I know you don't get paid during your suspension, so that's obviously matters to the player. But if I'm out six weeks with an ankle and I get suspended for four, okay, you know, yes, so I, mean, what? <laughs> I mean, you're not at the facility and all those things, but mm. still, that's not so it doesn't hurt you that bad. And if you if you have an injury and you're suspended, you can still get. Because they, they can't allow players to not get rehab for their injury and stuff, right? Yeah, so you can you can even sneak in there in the building a little bit. As far yeah, as I, I, I would imagine, there's no way the players' unions yeah. let you not get treatment or, or either. Both sides want that. 
And a lot of people tried to draw, uh, you know, a line and a conclusion between Antonio Brown and Aaron Rodgers. Why wasn't Aaron Rodgers suspended? Because, well, first of all, because Aaron Rodgers didn't lie to the league or the team. He just lied to the media. So that, you know, the media might be upset about that. But he just, you know, he 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 did what coaches do every single week and, and kind of fibbed to the media. Right. And so Coach everyone team. ran with the stories. But the team actually knew the whole time and the league knew. So uh, and there was no felonies committed. Yeah. I mean, it's different if it's a. Uh, Rogers didn't break any laws. I mean, correct. I mean, right. I, I didn't know that this was a felony. What AB did, but if AB broke a law and, and Rogers didn't, then they're not the same. Let's go to this San Francisco 49ers Seattle Seahawks game because another bit of news is Adrian Peterson, short stint with the Titans, uh, now has been signed to the Seattle Seahawks practice squad. I wouldn't be surprised if he is called up from the practice squad and is playing as early as this week. But man, uh, how bad does Adrian Peterson need a pay- paycheck or how much just does he love football? Like it, it doesn't seem right for Adrian Peterson, a hall of fame running back to be on a practice squad. I agree. And it seems the the flip side is how desperate is Seattle? <laughs> I mean, like their right. offense is so bad. We just saw him flame out in Tennessee a minute ago in very unimpressive fashion. And you think he's going to help you. I, I don't at all. I mean, Folks, I hope this goes without saying, please don't run out to your waiver wire in fantasy and pick up Adrian Peterson. Some people made that mistake a couple weeks ago when he was picked up at Tennessee. I think Seattle's in a terrible, terrible place. I can't stress it enough how few plays they run and what a bad matchup the Niners are in that capacity because they're just going to run the football and run the football. And I don't care if Debo plays or whatever. The fourth quarter, I just think, you know, San Francisco is going to be ripping off 10-yard runs left and right. And they still do have plenty of weapon on weapons on offense. They just don't have a special, unique player like Debo anymore. So they're going to have to play a little bit more straight up. And you can hand the ball to Brandon Ayuk. Remember that famous play last season from Brandon Ayuk's rookie season where he hurtled a, a Philadelphia Eagles defender into the end zone? That was on a, a, a handoff or it was on a, a sweep or a, mm. a, an end around or whatever it was. So that was a handoff. Like uh, Ayuk can run off the catch a little bit. Maybe he could show up in the backfield for a play. But he's not going to have 10 carries like a true running back like Debo Samuel did recently. Um, but you do have Brandon Ayuk, who's officially out of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse and has been performing pretty well the last few weeks. And George Kittle is healthy. And you know how good George Kittle can be for this offense. And Elijah Mitchell's been awesome for uh, the 49ers offense. So they still have some weapons. They can still do some things. They don't have the guy who's been their most productive player in Debo Samuel. So they're going to have to play a little bit more straight up. And the other guys are going to have to step up and have big days in that. They're going to have to get peppered with targets. So I think Kittle, Ayuk, those are good starts for your fantasy teams this week. Yeah, and... None of those things worry me considering who the opponent is. Seattle is so disjointed on offense right now that they don't have any kind of identity. I'm sure San Francisco will take away the deep ball and double DK as everyone is. And, you know, Wilson's struggling. And I mean, again, I think Seattle's without doing power ranks off the top of my head, I think they're a, a bottom five team like right now. They would have the number four pick in the NFL draft and they don't own that yeah. pick. I mean, I think that tells the whole story. They're playing bad. They're playing really bad. And I, really I don't want to make too much of this game for the 49ers, but I feel like this could be a big blow. Like, let's end the whole era. You know, Pete Carroll's 70 years old. Go sit on a beach. And, you know, Russell right, Wilson, right. how about you go play on the opposite coast for a while? 
Yeah, exactly. I hear you. And three and a half just does not seem like enough, big enough number to me. Yeah, and you can get it three points in some places, Niners. And it's on the road. Seattle's a tough place to play, and the 49ers are missing some pieces. Fred Warner's trying hard to get back in this game. Is that too much of a loss when you combine Warner on one side and Debo on the other side? That could be tough, and and the Seattle Seahawks play an old-school brand of ball, maybe a little too old-school these days with, uh, you know, they're they're setting the game back uh, uh, a generation, it seems like, with how few plays they're running and that kind of thing. And Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator, doesn't seem really to be jiving there with uh, Russell Wilson and that offense. By the way, can you th- like call a screen to DK Metcalf? No targets for three quarters. Like that kind of stuff can't happen. That's They're criminal. just a mess in Seattle right now. Right, just a mess. I mean, no identity. Um, I think they really need to blow the whole thing up. I'm sure. I'm sure Russell's unbelievably frustrated. And you know, you mentioned Seattle's a hard place to play, and it absolutely historically is. I wonder if that fan base starts to turn on what they're the product they're looking at too. So uh, I have gotten a lot of feedback because there's a lot of 49ers fans around the country and you know around the world. They they travel well, and a lot of 49ers fans that live in the Pacific Northwest. They said recently that like on a Seahawks game day, they're on. They played a short week, by the way, right? They were on Monday Night Football last week. Mm, yeah. Uh, on a Monday Night Football week, there was no, you know, on Monday during the day, there wasn't a bunch of Seahawks fans in jerseys around and in the streets. You know, they're they're not as pumped about their team, and and they're only one and four at home this year. Wow. Yeah, that all adds up, though. I mean, this would be a very frustrating team to be rooting for at the moment. That said, something about this matchup, and historically, this could be a get-right game for Russell Wilson, and I would not be shocked if they did come out and win this game and cover those three points, but i got to give up the three and go with the Niners, who are the better team right now. 100%. Let's move on to the Washington football team is on the road, and they're pretty hot right now, Matt. They're going to face the Raiders in Las Vegas. Las Vegas? At home, favored by one. Kind of an oddball line. So that means Washington favored by two in a neutral site, traditionally. Yeah, and you know, we mentioned Dallas to start the show, and they played Thanksgiving. They lost to the Raiders. I don't want to overreact to that game, though. I mean, there were so many penalties in that game that I kind of think it skews the evaluation and I, I never know I'm known as a Raider hater, and I'm not trying to go down that road. But Dallas was also really banged up. Um, the Raiders aren't going to have Waller. I like how Washington's playing, actually, on both sides of the ball. You mentioned some stats yesterday about one of the most improved defenses in the league. They've gotten away from playing so much man. They, we still, they still get after the quarterback well. And I think they have balance on offense, and they can run the football, and Heineke isn't bad. I mean, uh, is this a team ready to go – to the opposite coast and win i don't know but i think they're better than the raiders so i'll take the point they're playing better and the the raiders are that team this year there's been a couple teams where every time i pick them the opposite happens so uh the the raiders fans out there probably don't want us to pick the raiders because they always burn us right so um for that reason i'm gonna do those raiders fans a favor i'm gonna take the one point and go with washington who's who's playing better ball and uh, i i hate this game and i hate i hate the line and i hate everything about it i would not put my real money on it because i just don't know <laughs> what to expect from these two teams right now um but the raiders just have, have missed so much this season can they continue to overcome it uh they've got a better quarterback and they're at home so i'm kind of talking myself into taking the raiders again but um 
Washington does have some some good pieces. They figured some things out on offense. They're playing hard. I, I saw the locker room speech from Ron Rivera, and it even got me pumped up, and I wasn't in the room with those guys. Um, they've got a really good defensive line and a lot of players, even aside from Chase Young, who wasn't having a great season anyway, and they've gone from the second worst in, in points allowed to uh, top 10 or top 12 mm-hmm. on the season. So yeah, A lot of energy around that. Yeah, a lot of turnaround, a lot of energy there. Got some playmakers. Don't know if the Raiders can defend a guy like Terry McLaurin. So, yeah, I'll take the point and take Washington, but I don't love it. I just got a quick blurb on my phone. It's not massive breaking news, but you could hit the sounder nonetheless. But it ties back to how we started the podcast. And Taysom Hill is feared to have torn a tendon in that finger on his passing hand, his middle finger, and probably will require surgery. So the hits just keep on coming for New Orleans. So the New Orleans Saints have been given the middle finger is what you're trying to say. <laughs> exactly. Well said. That's exactly what happened. More games to get to here on the Sunday schedule for week 13. We've got Jags, Rams, Ravens, Steelers, Broncos, Chiefs in prime time, and Monday Night Football, Patriots at Bills, a huge one for AFC supremacy coming up. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as this NFL season continues to march toward the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. And some pretty fun lines for the week 13 NFL schedule, like will Jonathan Taylor get a TD for 10 straight games? That's a fun little prop. Joe Mixon, will he score a touchdown for the eighth straight game? How about this one? Something we talk about a lot on the show. I'm trying to give uh, every quarterback to the Steelers in the offseason. Who will be the Steelers starting quarterback next year? Ben, Dwayne, Mason. A draft pick, a trade, or a free agent. So many great props and even futures into 2022 and beyond at betonline.ag. Not only football, but pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, all of your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Jaguars at Rams, a big line here. The home Rams favored by 13 points at seven and four, but uh, they're on a losing streak. And there's actually uh, one of the one of the props at Bet Online is Will Matthew Stafford throw a pick six for the I think the fourth straight game. Um, <laughs> Jaguars at two and nine. I don't know how much of a fight the Jags will put going coast to coast there for this matchup in Los Angeles. 13 points is a lot, and the Rams have been playing poor. So I, I almost want to avoid this game, but you got to side with the Rams. Yeah, 13's a lot. Straight up, just straight up I'm saying you got to side with the Rams. I oh, yeah, 13. I agree. I think I'm going to lay the points, but I'm very reluctant to do it. That's a huge number, and it really isn't, you know, a, 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 something in the, the Rams' favor from why I'm picking them. Although I keep expecting this team to get right, and they're not, and I think that they're in a bad place as well, and Stafford's not healthy, and the O-line's getting exposed. I just remember Jacksonville going to the West Coast to play Seattle, who we just talked about how terrible they are, and Jacksonville got destroyed. You know, like I, I don't, I don't like the spot for the Jags at all. I don't either. Yeah, I'm going to give up the yeah. points, and I think it's a get-right game. It's a perfect scenario for the Rams to go out there and just dominate a team and blow somebody out and and, and start feeling a lot better for themselves as they go down the stretch. Yeah, none of my real money's going on that game though. No. 
mine either. How about your Pittsburgh Steelers, who are hosting the 8-3 and three Ravens? Uh, Baltimore favored by 4.5 on the road, so uh, they're not a huge favorite there, but in a neutral site, I mean, I'm picking the Ravens all day because they're a team that finds a way to win, that is playing better football. The, the Steelers last week played maybe one of the worst games I've seen from them in my Ever. life. Yeah, it really was. Um, I... I of course, I've dug into this one unbelievably and talked it to death and looked at every stat you could actually ever, ever find. And early in the week, I thought, and there's a lot of truth to this, that throw out the records when these teams play. It's Ravens-Steelers time, and it's going to come down to a Justin Tucker or Chris Boswell kick and, you know, toughest team wins and rah. And then I and then you know and then I'm looking at it through Steeler color, you know, Steeler goggles, going, boy, this Ravens team is not an eight-win team. I mean, they have a lot of deficiencies. They have a lot of holes. They've had some luck, a lot of luck. And then now I have to make my official prediction on my show today, and I just think the Steelers are going to get walloped. <laughs> I, I just think that they, they're they not going to be able to run on the Ravens. No one ever does. That makes it a Ben game. Ben's a shell of what he used to be. Uh, I mean, the Steelers' D can't stop the run at all. We know the Ravens can run the football. I'm picking the Ravens 27, Steelers 10. There was a quote I saw this week. I think it was yesterday or no, Wednesday. I don't know what day it was. It was uh, whatever week, whatever day of the week uh, Mike Tomlin was having his press conference and talking about the upcoming game. And he had a quote, and what I don't even remember exactly what the quote was, but the vibe I got, I just saw Mike Tomlin is like, ah, this, is a, this is a bounce back team. The, the, the yeah. Steelers don't lose bad back-to-back games under Mike Tomlin, right? And there's still I some talent on this team. And so I, I, I'm i going to go with the home dog here. I wish it was more points, but I'm going to give up the points. I think the Steelers can keep this one within a field goal, maybe play a tight game here, maybe a grinded-out, low-scoring affair here. So give me the four-and-a-half. Give me the Steelers at home, keeping it close because – I. Maybe you laid it out there with the Ravens. Um, they're not a powerhouse either, even though they're good no, they're and they're not. winning football games. Like, come on, Steelers, bounce back. Let's see it. And like, I don't know if this changes your tune at all, but don't expect to see TJ Watt in this game. Oh, really? That does so change like things for me because I thought he Taco was going to be Charlton good. time. Oh, <laughs> Taco <laughs> you know, defending the edge against Lamar in the run game and yuck. If it was nachos, Charlton, on a Sunday, I might go with <laughs> right, it. Burrito. <laughs> Tacos are for Tuesdays, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, their their depth on defense is being tested, to say the least, and it's failing the test. I'm not sure Joe Hayden's going to play either. You know, like I, I think this last stretch for the Steelers could be very ugly. It's it's just that thing that we've seen so many times this year. I feel like Steelers are one of those teams where whatever they did the last week, they do the opposite the following week. And, you know, five and five and one. Just when you think they know, you know they're the opposite. And they could be. I I still hold out that hope, but logic is ruling over that for me right now. I'm sticking with it. I'm not letting you. Okay. I'm not letting you chase me off that, that, uh, that home dog there. How about okay. the Broncos and Chiefs on Sunday night football? This one was flexed, by the way, and the Niners Seahawks flexed out, flexed out of prime time. The Broncos Chiefs flexed in. And at this point, it looks like a better game. Both teams have winning records. The Chiefs are rolling right now at 7-4, and four, hosting the 6-5 and five Broncos, who don't want to go away. Pretty big line. Chiefs favored by 9.5 against a team that's over 500 in the division. 
Yeah, I think that's too big a line. I mean, in Kansas City, I think they win. But these teams and coaching staffs are very, very familiar with each other. Denver's a difficult defense to play against. You mentioned the Chiefs' defense is one of the most improved. I don't think the Chiefs' offense has figured it all out, and they're back to being a 40-point you know, drop-on-you-every-week juggernaut. Uh, I think it's a close game that Kansas City wins by a touchdown or less, so I'll take the 9.5, gladly. We will continue to see Teddy Bridgewater there for the Broncos. It's not going to be a powerhouse offense. If this is a blowout, no. it's going to go Kansas City's way. I think they got that part of the line right. But you're right. Um, it does feel a little bit large, nine and a half points. I think the Broncos can keep it close enough in a loss there. Uh, but, it, you know, you don't want to bet on the away team keeping it close enough and still losing. That's not a place you want to put your money. But as far as making this pick, I think that's the side I would go to. Okay. Patriots-Bills, Monday night football. AFC East implications here. The Patriots currently in first place at 8-4, and four, and they're on the road at the Buffalo Bills, who are at 7-4. and four. Buffalo, though, favored by 2.5 at home. I think this counts as Cup of Mud upset special. I already have put money on the Patriots' money line. I think they win the game outright. I think they're the better team. I think they're a very bad matchup for how Buffalo is constructed right now. I think the Bills are very analytically driven and pass first and maybe took that too far. And I've said this a million times, the Patriots are the biggest, toughest team in the league that plays like an old school 3-4, you know, like my old Steelers used to under Bill Cowher and Dick LeBeau. I mean, then they just dominate the line of scrimmage. And Notre Davis White – the Bills live in nickel. They do not want to play a 4-3, 3-4 base type of stuff. They live in nickel against, you know, those big, heavy fullbacks and extra tight ends that the, the Patriots are going to throw at them. And then the other side of the ball, I think the Patriots can can li- can hang with Diggs and those receivers. Their secondary is good enough to do it, but I think they'll just dominate the line of scrimmage. And I think the fourth quarter belongs to New England. And I think they win the game. That's, to me, where this thing will be decided. I think we know how things are going to go when the Patriots are on offense and the Bills are on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the over-under is pretty low, 42.5. That, that favors the Patriots, the low-scoring game. Can the Bills' sure. offense explode and get those explosives and make some big plays with Josh Allen? Um, because they, they, they don't run the ball. at all. Like, It's, no, it's philosophical, can't. right? It, it, it's not offensive line talent. It's not running back talent necessarily, even though they don't have any great backs there. And you know how I feel about how important those are. If you have a great offensive line, you're probably going to have a pretty good running game if you've got the scheme in place. So I don't know if it's scheme or just philosophical, but they have not been able to run the ball in this current era of, of Bills football. And I think Josh Allen's rookie season, he was their leading rusher. Uh, like yep. 600 yards, and they, they haven't been over like 700 yards the last three years with Devin Singletary, their leading rusher. It, it bothers me a little bit because, I mean, the Bills and the weather there in Buffalo, I just feel like a Buffalo is a team that's got to run the ball. And even my entire life, Thurman Thomas was just a superstar, 1,000 yards every year. Then there was um, uh, An- Antoine Smith, right, and Willis McGahee for a yep. short time, and even Fred Jackson was a 1,000-yard back. Uh, Travis Henry, who else? I'm, I think I'm missing some guys. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, I'll go back to Marshawn? Joe Cribbs and O.J. Simpson. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, O.J. You know? Yeah, I mean, those guys through the snow, O.J. with 2,000 yards, you know? I mean, old school. LaShawn McCoy, that, that's the one I was th- yeah, forgetting. LaShawn McCoy, even though he was, you know, not your um, three yards in a 
cloud of dust, pounding, physical type of a running back. You did huge things for them for a few years, and they just have had nothing in the running game since then, and I feel like they've lost some balance there, and you got to have a little bit of that, um, even if it's not you know the number one thing that your offense is, is trying to do. So um, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I want to go a little further because okay. I have great respect for the Bills. Anyone that's listened to our podcast, this whole Allen – McDermott era. I praise the way they were built slowly, the right way, but I think they've gone too far pass heavy and I I think analytics are to blame in some degree. And I was going to mention the town they play in, you know, if things go well, you're hosting AFC championship games in Buffalo, New York. You know, even if Allen is the hardest throwing biggest arm guy in the league, the passing game is going to be compromised. If you play in green Bay, you have to realize that, if things go well, we're going to be hosting, you know, physical bad weather games. New England has proven that time and time again. They recognize that and the division you play. And the other part, that the, the things that I just want to expand on what you said was they play with so many three and even four receiver sets over the last couple of years. And those receivers, with all respect to Cole Beasley and Diggs and Manuel Sanders and John Brown, the guys that play there, those receivers don't block a soul. They're little fast guys, you know. So <laughs> yeah. even if the O line running combination, running back combination is average, which is probably below, the the peripheral players offer nothing in the blocking game. Dawson Knox is an athlete. I mean. He's okay, but he's certainly not a you know run behind me, double up to the linebacker type of guy. And then the other issue, this is a schematic thing, is when you don't have fullbacks, and this is the beauty like your Niners. You know, they always have fullbacks and tight ends on the field or the Ravens. You can run so many more running back plays. You know, like you're not going to run power where a tight end comes around and blocks somebody, kicks somebody out. Because you don't have anybody can do it. So when they scout the Bills during the week and they look at their running game, they're like, they have three or four runs and they don't run them well. I mean, it's not a diverse run game at all. Right. It's it's. I didn't even know it was this bad. I just looked it up. Last year, Devin Singletary was their leading rusher with. Oh wait, no, hold on. That's this year. Okay, that's why it's so low. But uh, Devin Singletary is their leading rusher. Terrible. Four four hundred and fifty nine yards this year. Uh, last year, six eighty seven was the leading rusher. Devin Singletary. Two years ago, Josh Allen was their leading rusher with six thirty one. I mean, those are just really low numbers. Um, yeah. And, and like and they don't do it. And he's not even involved enough in the passing game either. Like a, a Lashawn McCoy type would be fine if you're going to play that type of ball, right? And actually be a nice complement with a with a run pass uh, option there out of the backfield. So um, I, it, it's and it's not so much of the player because Devin Singletary. He's getting over four yards per carry. It's it's definitely philosophical, and I think it's they might have skewed a little bit too far in one yeah. direction. I, I agree. And the big, strong quarterback could help you get back to where you need to be with one offseason dedicated to let's get a little more physical. And I think that they will watch the Monday night tape and go, boy, you know, we went too far. Look what Dante Hightower's doing to our offense, just blasting through the B gaps yeah. and taking our guard and putting him on his butt and, you know, chasing after Allen and, you know, the, the physicality of Judon and all these guys that, that the, the, the Patriots offer, I think, is a tough, tough test for the Bills. So I think you talked me into uh, leaning heavily towards the Patriots side with this one. I mean, the Patriots are just playing such complete ball right now. And then I think this. 
sets up, you know, a cold. I mean, it could be 30 degrees there. Night game in Buffalo in December. So Patriots brand of ball wins out for me in this one. Let's see if those Bills can prove us wrong and make some big plays with the offensive side of the ball. So big game from Josh Allen, big win for the Buffalo Bills. If I'm wrong, Josh Allen was Superman, and he's certainly capable. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Okay, good stuff. That is the Week 13 slate of games. Oh, and last note, wanted to bring it up all week, forgot. We do have a winner in the Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool, Elation 4009. It took 12 weeks. We have a winner. Everybody but Elation 4009 has been eliminated and it was the Chicago Bears in Week 12 who won it for them. The other two, um, the other two competitors took the Texans. Surprisingly, beats the Bills. What were you thinking there? And Sam took the the Carolina Panthers, who lost. So that is it. That is the end. It took 12 weeks, and we have one player standing. Congratulations on that. Matt and I back Monday to break down everything we saw from the Sunday Week 13 games right here. Peacock and Williamson.